Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. <laughs> and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined ahead of the Merseyside Derby tomorrow by actor Paul Barber, you'd know as Denzel in Only Fools and Horses. And, of course, he was in the Full Monty. Full Monty? <laughs> it's been a long week. I thought the Full Monty was. Um, he was horse, but we won't go into the reason why he was called horse, obviously, in the film. Um... Uh, also, we... Uh, who else? Throat. No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't a horse when he spoke to us. That was what his character was. It's great, isn't he? Never seen a film in his life. No. Um, so, what else What else did we like today? Um, Mike Ward. Was, Mike Ward was good. Martin yeah. Kellner was yeah. good. And uh, we had a bit of a chat. So, uh, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, you funny you mentioned that. Premier League uh, chiefs and broadcasters mm. are still blaming each other. No one wants to admit who set the price. Mm. So, you know, so the Premier League are saying it was the broadcast, broadcast saying it was... It's fourteen ninety five. about 3.20 tomorrow, I'll be blaming both of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I think, uh, I think the way, look, the way you tend to read it is that the broadcasters say they're, they're basically just kind of it's wiping its own face from their point of view. They're not making any money out of it mm. in terms of production costs. And it was the Premier League that suggested the figure. I, I would be tempted to think that was the case, wouldn't yeah, you? Because the I Premier would League would look at iFollow, nine ninety nine for the championship mm. and say... seven ninety nine for Torquay. We're worth a five or more. Uh, and I think that's how they've arrived at that price point. It's not popular. Mm, it's and in fact, many Newcastle fans have decided to uh, put the money to a better use, which we'll be discussing later on when we chat to it's their an interesting supporters argument, group about that and indeed the fact that uh, they're still paying for season tickets when they're not mm. watching games. Because it's an interesting argument, that, because, all right, the quality of the Premier League is better <clears> than the Championship, <throat> of course it is, but the people mm. who follow both have the same sort of income so you know it's a difficult one isn't it yeah. anyway news of Summer Monty's Fulham still haven't won a game well I wonder what you were going to do she's in the papers today and I wonder if, I thought you gonna, she was going to be Summer this is um, Paul Hollywood's former squeeze although she has managed well, to that's the point. Get very much get her face and her, and her body in the papers most days but I thought she might be Summer Monty's Fulham didn't do some bad business in the window especially Loftus-Cheek on loan that's what she's known as at the moment that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, she says she'd rather be known for something else other than being poor Hollywood's ex, which is sort of ironic, really, because you wouldn't be in the paper unless you were, really. But mm. never mind, keep going. Yeah. I'm sure it'll work for what you else, eventually. What else, what else is, does she do? What else has she done? That, I mean, I'm quite happy to describe barmaid. her as the... Well, I'll describe her as barmaid. Some, yeah, some of Monty's that, Fulham have done some good business in the window, especially Loftus-Cheek <laughs> on loan. <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay. I only put it in because I just like the name. Okay, fair enough. It's uh, racing from Fakenham today, and yeah. uh, President Donald Trump, he always refuses to accept the results from there. He does. Fakenham News. <clears throat> oh, he does. He should have his... That'd be great, wouldn't it? Fakenham News with Donald Trump. <laughs> Wasn't sure about the result of the three ten. Yeah, and uh, there's a report on. We, we, you, he'll get him to rerun it if he doesn't like it. That's what basically what he'll do. If yeah. the result doesn't go his way, that's, that's very just good. block it and then rerun it. Very political there. Yeah. Um, where was this bit? You made me. You brought. This I made to you. Oh, yeah, made you do anything? No, no. You brought to my attention a couple of days ago that America want to take part in T20. They do. Which yeah. is a good thing for cricket. But it was such a jingoistic view in the Daily Star today. The mm. editorial said. Americans are planning to hijack cricket and turn it into a razzmatazz money spinner. What, more than the IPL? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? Have you watched the IPL? <laughs> it's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, and then another one. America want to do a Beckham and turn cricket into the next big sport across the pond. Yeah. They make it sound like it's going to be chlorinated cricket. <laughs> That's some sort of scare they story. Have, um, they've, they've applied to the ICC um, to to be kind of recognised. Mm. And we've talked about cricket in the States before. You've got a lot of expats there, a lot of Asian players, West mm. Indians, that, that um, playing the team. Uh, I think it's an Afghan guy who plays for the US. There's a brilliant well. book, which, of course, I'm so useless, I can never remember the title, but there's a brilliant book that's based around mm. cricket in New York. All right. Played by West Indian players. Yeah, I, um, book. I, I well, the first time I ever went there, I was got pick, picked up in a cab and, and it was a, a Pakistani guy and he was chatting away in the cab and... Um, and he he played cricket mm. every week in Central Park. He was part of a team, and he said there was a lot of cricket being played in New York and uh, around. You'd be yeah. surprised. So. No, no, absolutely. Anyway, we'll uh, see. And the ICC will be keen because it's a huge market potentially, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, can't absolutely. see anything wrong with it. Can't yeah. see any downside to it at all. Um, and of course, all the papers have a have a slant. You the right wing, left wing, middle. But I am fascinated by the Guardian. This this is an, from a, a column yesterday. It says uh, this bloke writing. He says at the weekend I went to Broadway Market in East London for the first time in seven months because uh, you don't really need to know this but I'm telling you anyway I became semi-obsessed with some walnut saucisson that I tagged there on Instagram I mean how <clears> middle <throat> class is that yeah. honestly Bob in our broth does not eat walnut saucisson he probably well, doesn't even know what it is Harry tried to sign him <laughs> Bondi, Bondi watched him twice. Yeah, went over to went all the, flew over to France. First time he didn't play. Second time he had a mirror, so we never followed it up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Christmas. I know Christmas is not far off, and the good people at Hamleys are looking at their toys of the year. Okay. And I've I've spot something I might get for you. I know nice, it's, nice, it's, yeah. maybe shouldn't tell you, but I want to check you'd like it. It's the seventy pound Ferrari scooter. That sounds nice. LED lights on the wheels, a little Ferrari, the, the you know the prancing horse, and uh, I mean you're of a height that well I think my grandson could... would absolutely love that. He's well, mad about anything mechanical. Well, so he's not listening this afternoon. Well, he might be. You might you? maybe granddad, <laughs> granddad Andy could sort that out for him. What about that? Well, that'd so I've just I've given you a little tip there, but yeah, the little Ferrari. I don't know if it's motorised. It probably doesn't go at two hundred and thirty mile an hour. <laughs> have you seen people have been doing that? Some some guys in uh, one part of Scandinavia souping them. Up. Up, really? making them really, yeah. So no, I'll make the did the garden shed. No, about turbocharging these road scooters that you see. And oh, a yeah. couple of times I've been run off the road by sort of Herbert seeming to do about thirty mile an hour. <laughs> Someone's definitely adjusted. It's them. Not good, is it?
No. Anyway, anyway uh, Paddy. From, oh, yeah, go oh, on. Go on. No, no. What, who do you I was want? Well, from? I was going to hear from Jurgen Klopp. I do oh, no, I'd rather hear from Jurgen Klopp. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now, 11 a.m. tomorrow, game day before Talk Sports Live and exclusive commentary of the Merseyside Derby. You can hear an extended interview with her very own Laura Woods and the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp. In the interview, Laura asks him which Liverpool player he'd choose to help him out in a dilemma. We have something for you now. This is called Liverpool SOS. So uh, what it is is SOS situations where you can only call on one player from your team. So the first one is you're moving house. You can only call one player from your team to help you move house. Who would it be? James Milner. I think James lived the longest in the area. James knows everybody. James knows where you get the cheapest prices for everything. James would probably organise it in a milli, in a milli nice. second. Nice. I, like <laughs> I like what you did there. You're going out. You need someone to look after your kids. Who would you trust to be your babysitter? I probably would go back to James Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so he could sort all the, all the disciplinary and, and education issues which I left open um, during the week. So like a five-hour crash course, how to behave properly. I would, I, yeah, I think that's probably right. So he's going to be busy, James Milner. Yeah, he's very busy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, well, the rest of them are all a bit flaky. So, but I mean, if you want someone to help you move house, and you go Virgil Van Dyke, he looks like he's got you know someone who could carry some furniture. <laughs> I mean, poor old James Milner, he's not getting his back could go. Could be out for weeks. Anyway, you'll hear more of that interview uh, in game day tomorrow. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Hi, I'm Leon Osman, former Everton midfielder. I think the Merseyside derby will finish 3-2 to Everton. I think both sides are very strong going forward at the minute, so I see plenty of goals in the game. But I just think Everton's desire to, to finally get that win will, will bring them out on top on the day. Punched away by Jones. Comes back to Osman. Shoots it in! And Everton are back in the game! Leon Osman goes up to Luis Suarez and celebrates in his face! This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Well, you won't need telling that game day uh, kicks off tomorrow on TalkSport with the uh, Merseyside derby with Everton on paper, certainly with their best chance for some time Mm. to uh, overturn the odds. We're joined now by someone you're going to hear on game day tomorrow is uh, reciting a fantastic poem around the game. He is uh, an actor you'll know from uh, Only Fools and Horses and uh, The Full Monty, The Long Good Friday. Paul Barber. Paul, good to see you. Hi, how are you? Yeah, All right, nice good. to be here. You've just off air given us a lovely preview of of, uh, yeah. of the poem, uh, kind of a red and blue poem, and we will yes. keep our powder dry on it. But it's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does it. Yeah, it, it it's nice. It's a nice poem. I thought as soon as I read it, I thought, mm, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to do that. Yeah, you know? it's going to be in our game day coverage tomorrow. That's say. right. Yeah. You'll hear that in all the build up to the twelve thirty yeah. kickoff for the game. So, was there a choice in it for you, Paul? Was it red or blue, or what, where? Why did you gravitate one way or the other? Oh, right. Well, no, when I was a kid, when I was... See, I was brought up in the care system and uh, I was in one of the children's homes and uh, the warden said to me one year, Christmas, he said, uh, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want an Everton football kit and uh, a pair of boxing gloves. You know, but when I turned up in school, in class, after Christmas, the whole class was red. So you needed those boxing gloves. Yeah, I was exactly. Yeah, I was the only kid in, you know, the only black kid in my class with a with a with a blue shirt on. You know, I'm one of the um, 
one of my classmates, he sort of stood there with his hands on his hips, you know, like Alan Hansen, you know, like <laughs> as if he's waiting to kick off the ball, you know. And uh, he just looked at me as if to say, like, what have you come as? You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I think that was early days of, like, peer pressure, really. I became a red then. Yeah, yeah. You have, you got, have you got to many derbies over the years? Did, did you go to a lot of games when you were living up in Liverpool? I never did, no. I used to go to cop, like, with my school friends and stuff, yeah. you know, in, in the early days, you know. Um, but, yeah. That sort of Shankly era. The Shankly yeah, era, yeah. 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 I, well, I was working then in, in just ordinary jobs and stuff like that. So, yeah. And we had, like, mad supporters in, in, in the little factory that I worked in, you know, and that they were always singing all the cop songs and all that sort of business, you know, yeah. so... That was really great as well. But as I say, I left Liverpool in 1970, you know, right. to, to go into, like, you know, show business and stuff. You haven't lost the accent, have you? <laughs> no, 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 not really, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Have you got over the Villa game yet? No, I know, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't got Sky Sports, you see, so I always watch it, like, afterwards, if you know what I mean, the highlights yeah, or sure. whatever. But um, I, I've got, a, as I say, a lot of friends... Uh, in Liverpool, you know, who are, I'm always texting and everything else, you know. And we just all said, like, oh, well, it's just like a, a drop stitch in life's tapestry. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like a hiccup. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We weren't, we weren't really bothered, you know what I mean? I was texting friends and saying, like, are you bothered? And they were going, like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, you know seven yeah. and all that, you know, and all the jokes about, you know, letting... You know, they allowed six in, you know, if you know what I mean, the coronavirus yeah, yeah, sure, thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you had all the jokes about letting seven in and all that business, you know. Yeah. It's, it's been a great career, hasn't it? I mean, you've been in some really iconic telly <laughs> and movies mm. as well. I mentioned, but people don't know what they often come up with uh, the full Monty, yeah. but you were in The Long Good Friday, which is one of my favourite oh, films. Oh, yeah, as well. with, uh, with Hoskins. Yeah. yeah, what yeah. a film that was. And yeah. uh, again, it, I watched it a little while ago again, and it's, it's still brilliant. It just it's really stands up as a movie. It is, yeah. I, I enjoy that, that, that film as well. I was actually doing a, a play on stage at the time for the same writer. Yeah. I was doing a play called Sus, which was all about the Sus laws and all yeah. that sort of business. Do you, do you watch yourself back in stuff? Do you know I mean, old episodes of Only Falls and things like that? I do, but I don't... Yeah, I'm... Well, if, if yeah, I, on I, occasion. I, I don't purposely say, oh, I'm on again tonight. <laughs> for, uh, you, know, you don't mark up the old TV <laughs> times. No, 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 exactly. You know. UK gold. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've still... Most of my stuff is still on Betamax, if you know what I mean. I, yeah. still, haven't, I still haven't even bought it like a box set of CDs or yeah. anything of Fools and Horses or anything else, you know. We so. talked to John Chalice about this a few times and, and other people who yeah. worked on the show. Roger and it, Lloyd Pack as yeah, well. Yeah, and Roger, Roger came Roger. in, which was great, uh, top man. And they were just sort of talking about that sort of, the feeling when you worked on that show, that sort of family feel. Did you, oh, you find that? Yeah, exactly. Well, as you say, you know, and, and I think Nicky's actually said it as well, Nicky Linders, he said, like, you know, we all just used to look forward to the scripts, basically. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, if, if, if there was no work around for a while, uh, suddenly your agent would give you a ring and say, get down to Bristol, you know, um, you know, the script will be there. Wow, and, brilliant. You didn't worry because you knew it was going to be great anyway. Yeah, you know, you, you know, and especially doing scenes with Roger Lloyd Pack, you know, who played Trigger. You know, it's like, you know, we were great mates in that. You know, yeah. 
Are you a um, corpse or Paul? I mean, when you're in that situation, are you normally good at not laughing? Or, do you, or do you... Oh, I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible. You know, I was a corpser. Yeah. I really was. And it was difficult being in a scene with Roger, if you know what I mean, you know, talking about, you know, yeah. um, the back scratcher with the chopsticks, you yeah. know. And, and you're having to sit there, you know, with a face... A, a straight face, you know, yeah, while he's so. saying, and you stick a hinge on it, you know, and yeah. and, and it's good for pointing and all that sort of stuff. Because he was so deadpan, that must have made yeah. it hard, because there was no it, way yeah, he was going to crack. Mean? And you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd all sit in there, like, biting our tongues and, you know, <laughs> yeah, and just to be in a scene with Roger Lloyd Pack was like, you know. Yeah. And the thing was, Roger was so, like, you know, unassuming, if you know what I mean. He was like... Um, We'd go to these, like, the conventions every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, every October there'd be, like, conventions and all the actors would meet up and, and we'd sign autographs and have pictures taken mm. with the fans and all that, you know. And the fans would bring in their own, like, DVDs or stuff that Roger had done or the other actors had done, you know. Yeah. And fans were bringing in, like, Hammer House of Horror and uh, <laughs> and all this and putting it in front of him and asking him to sign these, you know, and I'm saying, like, you never told me you did, you know, Fiddler on the Roof and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. business. <clears throat> and I, you watch Fiddler on the Roof, you know, since it first came out every year, every Christmas and all wow. that. And I only discovered that Roger was in it. Yeah. About 10 years ago. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And I went like, you never told me you were in that. You said, well, you never asked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the way he was, you yeah. know. So who's going to win the derby, Paul, finally? Who do you fancy tomorrow? Oh, well, I have to say, you know, red. Yeah? I have to say red, yeah, of course. You fancy Everton, though? Was, but then uh, again, yeah. you know what I mean? I've... You know, Liverpool and Everton, you know, the banter and all that. You know, I've got friends on both sides. Yeah. I've been into houses in Liverpool where one half the living room is blue and the other half's <laughs> red, you know what I yeah, mean? Sure. I've, I've, all the houses like that in, in Liverpool, you know. And as you say, and this poem actually is more of a coming together, not not yeah. just red and blue. It's the people of Liverpool, do you know what I mean? Mm. In times of like COVID and all that sort of business, we all come together. We all came together with the Hillsborough one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Liverpool red and blue came together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We were all affected, the blues yeah. and the reds. Yeah. And as you say, when you look at the history of Liverpool anyway, you know, because I've got, I've got the actual Liverpool, the LFC channel, if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you get all the, the history of Liverpool. And it actually started off, mm. didn't it, as Everton, as a blue team. You know, back in the day in the eighteen whenever it was, yeah, or yeah. the early the earliest century and all that. And then, you know, you have the argument and he says, like, well, sod you, I'm going I'm taking my lot, you know, <laughs> half of my lot over to the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the side, and we'll 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 wear red. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So there you go. So basically, Liverpool, Everton, and Liverpool are basically the one team, so really. One team. And because because of, of the, the system at the moment, the, the tier system on Merseyside, a lot of those red and blue households are going to have to watch the game together tomorrow, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, Whereas exactly. they'd say, "I want to go so and so's house, yeah. or I'll go up the pub." Yeah. They're going to have to watch it in the same house. Exactly. So yeah, it's going to be yeah, exactly. it's going to be interesting. And that's what's good about it. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you you know. Yeah. And 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 the banter is great with you know. It's 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 not it's not as bad as like you no. know, Man U, yeah. if you know what I mean, or Man City. But <laughs> That's um, different. Yeah, yeah. But the banter with Liverpool and all that, you know, you, 
you know, as you say, you can live next door to a blue and all that. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, we look forward to the game. It's uh, And you'll hear Paul reading that fantastic poem in the build-up to the game. It's uh, on game day, so uh, join our team from uh, 11 o'clock to bring in the build-up to the Merseyside derby. Lovely to see you, Paul. Take care. Thanks Thank very much for joining us. Thanks for best. inviting me. Thank you very much. There we are. Actor Paul Barber there. It's Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Time then to look at some of the uh, best sporting telly of the week in the company of our very own Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, boys. You all right? Yes, yes, good. Thank you. I'm looking down your list of what's coming up. I've just seen you've tweeted it out to your many followers. Yes, indeed. Oh, many two of the followers. things I've seen, and uh, we're going to kick off with this. Uh, one Andy has seen as well, which was the Coach's Playbook series on Netflix. And uh, if we haven't had enough of Jose Mourinho talking uh, with, uh, <laughs> with the Spurs documentary All or Nothing, we've got another 35-minute helping. Yes, it's very postmodern. I mean, it starts off with an empty chair. Jose Mourinho comes in and says, I'm here. He brushes down his jacket. There's a clapperboard. And then they start with the questions. So first of all, they say, what, what are your earliest childhood memories? And he says, I don't want to speak, mm. basically. Yeah. Then they say, were there any early experiences that shaped your philosophy? No, I don't want to talk about that. And I thought, this is going to be a long 34 and a half minutes. <laughs> this is, yeah. But he, he really didn't. He said, and then they said to him, where did you learn things that became valuable to you later in life? And he said, who, me? And they, no, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yes, you. you know? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, I mean, there are very few secrets in it. I mean, mm. basically, it tells us what we know about Jose Mourinho, and that is he's all about the team, you know, and he builds phenomenal team spirit. And you see lots of that at Inter Milan, obviously at Chelsea. You know, you see the connection he had with with people like John Terry uh, and all that. And the, it goes over incidents that I suppose have been really well documented, but that's Netflix for you. Netflix often doesn't tell us a lot that we don't already know. It does it quite stylishly. And then, of course, at the end, it goes on to the next one. So you find yourself watching, I don't know whether you did this, Andy, but you do find yourself watching Patrick Muratoglu, who's uh, Serena Williams's coach. I think that's how you pronounce it. Muratoglu. Told you, yeah, that'll be that. Yes, uh, and he's Serena Williams's coach. So you go on to the next thing, um, and it's sort of, um, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff we'd seen before. The Anders Frisk incident, we know all about that, don't we? And then when yeah. he was banned, mm. and he sneaked in and hid in the laundry basket. Uh, it was fully a, explained, though, which I don't think I've ever heard him do. But it strikes me, he Martin, admitted it. Had he ever that, completely admitted it before? No, I don't, I don't think know. so. But no, well, that's true. It strikes me, Martin, that you'd like to see Benedict Cumberbatch in the Spurs dugout on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Very stylish. much so. I certainly don't want to see Gareth Bale. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I imagine he'll be on the, the bench. The Doc Rivers one also. we both have yeah. really enjoyed. It's Doc excellent. Rivers, the Clippers coach, is, uh, is excellent. That's worth that's worth watching. He's an impressive guy, so I'd recommend that one. But there, look, that's there, the one anything that you know lasts you know, half an hour, it's just half an hour of your time. They're, they're diverting, they're interesting, they're well-made. I, I quite like the series. I'll oh, they are well, watch the rest yeah. of them, I think. Yeah, very they good. They are well-made. I think I'm getting a bit down on uh, Netflix because, mainly because of their true crime stuff, which they're, uh, you know, they're obsessed with at the moment. Yeah. You know, the American murder, the family next door, which mm. I thought was nonsense, although loads and loads of people are watching it. Oh. Um, what I did think was, was fantastic programme was uh, my year with uh, MND. Yeah, I saw this, Martin. It was, a, it was, a, I was saying yesterday we spoke to Stuart Weir, who does a lot, uh, lot of work yes. with Doddy Weir, and, and obviously mm. knows Rob through that.
Manhattan had said that it was a tough watch, but it, it, it was it was an incredible bit of telly, wasn't it, really? It was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, I, I vaguely know Rob Burrow in that uh, many, I mean, they all had memories of Rob Burrow and there's people like Kevin Sinfield and Barry McDermott on it, you know, big names uh, in rugby league. My only memory of Rob Burrow was that, I say memory, I shouldn't say memory, my only sort of experience with Rob Burrow was many years ago, I was doing the breakfast show at BBC Radio Leeds and one of these stupid reports about caravanners, you know, it's about people who drive caravans, who have caravans or mm. idiots or whatever. <laughs> and I get this, I see this report and it's like half seven in the morning. I said, do you, any, do you know anybody who's got a caravan who we can take the mickey out of? Mm. And the sport guy said, Rob Burrow's got a caravan. Yeah. And I thought, well, let's ring him up just yeah, on the off chance he might come on and have the mickey taken out of him. And he, he comes on the radio like he's, he's just scored a try in the, in the uh, grand final, the Super League and everything. Mm. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. I'll go for that. And, uh, you know, for a quarter of an hour on the show, we just took the mickey out of him because he loves his caravan. And of course, the caravan Caravans in the show because you see him going there, Scarborough, the you know, northeast there, yeah. um, with his whole family. And uh, I just thought that, that that sums what a great guy was and why every or is and why everybody, um, you know, everybody contributed to this. And yeah. uh, it is, it, I mean, it's a program that's impossible to watch with a dry eye. It really is. Uh, and, and great work by Sally Nugent. Uh, yeah, who, very, it was very well made. Uh, she's kind of followed, she's followed um, sort of Rob's story for 40 years really since yeah. diagnosis and uh and it's i mean we we spoke to him very early on in the diagnosis and and it, it catches people in different ways it, and you know we've seen with with doddy he's had issues as have everybody but mm. it, it affected his speech very early on rob didn't it and that that's it obviously did. a real frustration i think yeah, I mean, they were saying he's recorded, obviously, what he did sound like and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's, like I said, it's absolutely heartbreaking, uh, but it's well worth watching. It, it is, on yeah. again. It's on again tomorrow in the run-up uh, to the Challenge Cup final because it's Sulphur playing Leeds tomorrow in that. And in the run-up to it on, on the Beeb, uh, they're showing that documentary again. So it's well, you know, well worth seeing. Yeah, you've got How on the iPlayer player is it this weekend? It's so there is, there, yeah, it's a crazy amount of sport. So, so what amazing. else? Just finally, Martin, is there anything else that you, you spotted? Yes, quite oh, liked? indeed. I watch Match of the Day X, which is back. Uh, yeah. Jermaine Jenis. Uh, it, is that you are very much the target audience, Match of the Day X, oh, Martin. Totally, you are, totally. you core audience for it, <laughs> I think. Uh, absolutely. It's uh, Jermaine Jellis, Chelsea Grimes, uh, Reese Parkinson. Big Zoo was uh, a guest uh, right, this yeah. week, so I'm a f huge fan of Big Zoo. Um, and uh, Well, I, I enjoy the show because I like to see young people enjoying themselves. I think that's yeah. funny, especially <laughs> it's in these lovely, dark times. It's lovely, isn't it, really? Sit in your chair I, and watch them enjoying yeah, themselves. And I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, but and for some unknown reason, they do it in a derelict, uh, derelict building somewhere, right. and it looked like that. Yeah, I don't Is know. It budget why. cuts to the BBC? Is it? Could it be that? It might be to um, <laughs> subsidise Zoe Ball's wages or something. I don't know. But they do it in this, they do it in this sort of derelict building. And uh, I like to think that's keeping it real. Oh, well, I, do, well, I think, I think very much. Think very much yeah. Yeah. Finally, MVG, the story so far. A bit of a darts documentary you watched. Yeah, it's a little darts, darts documentary on Sky. Um, basically, there is no story. Okay. Uh, it was, you know, <laughs> nothing God to bless, see here. <laughs> nothing to see at all. I mean, God bless... Uh, Dan Darts Dawson, um, good chum, he's very good, and uh, he goes, spent a day with uh, Michael Van Gerwen. Yeah. But there's no story. He's, you know, he found out he had an aptitude. The only story is he lost his hair, obviously. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting seeing him with hair. 
But apart from that, there's not a great deal in it. You know, he, he discovered at 17 that he was, you know, he had a capacity for darts, mm. took him to the cafe that he trains at. He spoke to a Dutch uh, commentator on darts and said, you know, Michael is Michael. There's nothing, and literally said, you know. There's no Sid Waddell then. <laughs> yeah. There's no, it's not a Sid Waddell story in any way yeah. whatsoever. Wow. Um, but presumably it was just a plug. The fact that the the darts was there on yeah. uh, Sky. I, I played darts with him, Martin, and the thing I know, I, I, I um, it was a sort of promotional thing, and he, I'd be I'll be surprised if he is mate. He beat me. He <laughs> beat me. I had a game park. of darts Did with he really? him. Really? And he, I know it's a shocker, isn't it? But um, I know it's, he, he 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 was a very he was a very committed smoker. I don't know if he's, he's he kicked the habit since, but he was basically putting lighting one with the one he was putting out. He was there yeah. was no, there was very little breaks in in the in the in the smoke. He was indulging in, and uh, you you rarely see that these days. I would imagine he may have kicked the habit since, but that was that was one of the things I took away, apart from the yeah. the, the humping I took, of course, at the dark. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, he didn't have a cigarette in this whole um, right. this whole program. So, okay, well, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't mentioned. Oh, okay, uh, well, <laughs> you wouldn't lead with that, would you? Uh, dark no, legend really. and heavy smoker Michael Van Gerwen. <laughs> so anyway, we'll yeah. leave it there, Martin. You're back overnight, aren't you? I understand on talk yes, talk sport and talk radio. Be- Yeah, all being well, uh, one o'clock in the morning. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping. We spoke to the guys at Stoke Gabriel FC the other day. They'd had a few issues. They'd let in more goals than any other team at the start of this season. It was 122 goals in 10 games. There was reasons for it. A lot of players had left, etc. They were playing Axminster Tuesday night and the expectation was maybe they would start to turn things around. But Mark Strong, TalkSport listener, alerts us to the fact they lost 15-0 to Axminster on oh Tuesday night. We're going to keep an eye on Stoke Gabriel. We want to be there when, when results turn around. So thank 
thanks for letting us know, Mark. But what's worth watching that isn't sport on TV this weekend? You'll be hard-pressed to find anything that isn't sport on TV this weekend. But Mike Ward, uh, Brighton-supporting star columnist, joins us now. Good afternoon, Mike. Hi, guys. Yeah. I mean, even you're on the telly, aren't you? Palace versus Brighton. <laughs> you're me. No, uh, yes, that's true, actually. Yeah, good point. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I enjoyed your John Lennon recommendation. I watched Hard Days Night, I watched all the programme. It was Hard a really yeah. terrific uh, entertainment yeah. on BBC Four last Friday. Night. And it's Cliff Cliff's 80 this week. It's Cliff's 80th, yeah. So they're doing the whole thing. Well, not the whole thing. Obviously, there's it's a, it's a sort of theme going on. Do you know what? I actually, they're doing a whole thing of Cliff Richard, and I thought, I wonder what's going to be next week. So I've just looked up who celebrates, who turns 80 next Friday. Do you know who does? It's a famous sporting legend. Uh, 80 next week? <laughs> Yeah, wow, no, it's going to take forever. So yeah, yeah, it's okay. Pele. Pele's 80th. Yes. Wow, they're having so, a Pele night. Pele night, I hope, on BBC Four next Friday. <laughs> but for the it. moment, it's, it's down to tennis legend Sir Cliff. <laughs> oh, OK. So we're going to see Summer Holiday, I think. Summer see. Holiday, 1963. Um, Melvin Stubbs, Hayes. Melvin you, Hayes. Yeah, oh, in yeah. their pomp. Taking a uh, taking their double decker to Europe, yeah, um, and then a bit of Sir Cliff at the BBC, um, you know, dating back to 1958 wow, uh, with really? Move It, his very first song. It's about yeah. uh, telling somebody to stop parking outside his your house. His variety show on a Saturday night yeah. used to be quite fun. Oh yeah, yes. he was a huge. He was Mr. Mm. Saturday Night, wasn't he? Mm. That's where they used to pit the Eurovision entry. Yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, they and did. of course he did that twice as well, which uh, you know obviously will be featured as one of the highlights in Sir Cliff at the BBC. Power to all our friends, complete with the arm movements. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm doing as we speak. It was a kind of it was a kind of rotor <laughs> system, wasn't it? You'd have Scylla, yeah. you'd have Val Dunican, you'd have Cliff, and yeah. you'd, they just uh... yeah, just went on and on yeah. like that <laughs> forever. And a bit of Lulu, forever. don't forget Lulu. Lulu, of course, yes. that's right. Yeah, she yeah, featured yeah. in Urban Myths this week, the Jimi Hendrix one. Oh, I haven't I seen that. Yet. Very, very good. But I won't spoil it for you. That's a great series as well. It is. Um, Arsene Wenger is on Graham Norton. Yes, he's sitting in, Not in the red chair. I take. <laughs> 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 I know. That'd be I have this story, Graham. Camping holiday. Why does he speak like? I'm no Luke Kempner. Yeah, it'd be great if it's some appalling tale from a from a lad's holiday somewhere. I don't think be, I just don't see him being up for that no, somehow. No. But anyway, yeah, he's talking about his uh, his uh, his autobiography. You actually claim that he's singing a track from his new album better than Arteta, but yeah. I think you've made that up. Haven't I you? have made that up, but I like the sound of it. I could see him there, sort of doing a couple of numbers from that. That would sell well, wouldn't it? That was, I wonder who's on with him. I mean, imagine if you start Miriam Margulies and him. You know when the Freddie, Fre- Flint, Freddie Flintoff's on. It's oh, right. a Freddie Flintoff, yeah, yeah. Talking about his new mm. book and uh, yeah. somebody else talking about their new book. Oh, Strictly's back tomorrow night, Mike. Yeah, it's the launch show. So we find out who's partnered with who and we get to see how it's all going to be done with the social distancing. No Bruno this series, which is a great loss. Um, and uh, the three judges are going to be sitting in, in individual pods, separated. And, and yeah, we're going to find and out how they're managed. bubble. It all sounds a bit grim to me. No audience. <laughs> I don't want to bother it. I don't know why they're bothering. It's so desperate, aren't they, for it? Well, <laughs> do you know what? I think that's a little bit negative. Yeah. <laughs> Just a tad. Well, yeah. I think I mean, it'll be lovely. It's a huge show. I mean, people, this is show. a highlight of pe- some people's... Yeah, like your, your old nan. For, not your old nan, sadly. <laughs> Obviously. But, but someone's old nan. This is They can't wait for this. I'll be oh, honest with you. 150. <laughs> <laughs> You're old Nan. Yeah, imagine Andy's old Nan. Could be in there. Uh, yeah. No, I think um, I think people just want a bit of a normality. Actually. Oh, okay, he's doing the maths now. Sorry, we've lost him. We've lost him, mate. All right, you carry on. The million pound, the, pardon, the million pound cube celebrity uh, special. Celebrity. Yes, it's yeah. very yes, it's very strange. They just stick the word celebrity in the wrong place in titles now. Yeah. Why not celebrity million pound cube? No, it's called the million pound cube celebrity. Million pound cubed celebrity. 
celebrities. Yeah, so my wife could... doesn't like this. She's my guide to these. Does game she shows. not like? The, she the... liked that. She introduced me to that one with um, Aston. Oh, what was his name? Rochelle Humes. And, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was quite fun actually. The music one. I the music was... one's quite good. Yeah, quite I good, quite like yeah. that. Um, you like that? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was alright. This is like... the one where people mm. go into this Philips Perspex giant perspex box and do various sort of mental and physical challenges so they're doing jason manford and his brother and basically it's a it's a celebrity special to start off and the next week every month every night at nine o'clock throughout next week it's philip back with more cube not the celebrity version just the regular version okay. so um you might want to um, seriously Beaky, that and yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, a new uh nine o'clock bbc one sunday night drama uh hugh laurie's in it helen mccrory good Good cast. Good cast. Uh, looks very good. From what I've seen in the trailers, it looks very interesting. Yeah, this is Hugh Laurie. Uh, Hugh Laurie? Hugh Laurie. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I've no idea who he is. Uh, he's standing in for Hugh Laurie, yeah. who, who in turn was standing in for Arsene Wenger. Starring in, uh, the, yeah, David uh, David Hare, playwright David Hare, who's, um, uh, who's, who's written this thing. It's about, basically, it's about a conservative uh, minister who seems very, very sort of man of the people and everything's sort of going swimmingly for him. And then various skeletons start rattling to emerge from his cupboard. Mm. So as the weeks pass, we'll find that his past is a little murkier than uh, initially. That's is, this, is this one of these that they do sort of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or is it no, four no, it's Sundays? Be, it's going to be a Sunday thing. <clears throat> okay. Sunday. Otherwise, okay. it can't compete with the Cube, can it? No, that, no, that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Mike, thank Thanks, you ever Mike. so much. Um, Cheers, guys. Have a great... Enjoy the game this weekend as much as you can. Enjoy the Palace. Are you feeling confident ahead of the Palace match? Of course not. <laughs> uh, on that He's a football fan. Of course, of course. Mike Ward there from uh, the star with the non-telly. Now, uh, we, we set you to work a little bit earlier on off of one of the clips. This was the two Ronnie-style clip from Travel. Down to a single lane southbound between <coughs> junctions 36 and 35 towards the M18 near Doncaster. It's because of a spillage of chicken offal. So uh, we asked you to give us uh, your best two Ronnies equivalent to that. Uh, and a couple of people haven't put their names on them. Uh, oh, but they said police are at the scene of the accident, but they're saying there's no suspicion of foul play. That's hey, a bad. Not bad. Uh, traffic is entrailing back over two miles, said one of the other <laughs> That's listeners. Better, yeah. And Dave in Tunbridge said police are searching for a lorry load of chicken carcasses so they can identify the victims. Keep it light, Dave. Goodness <laughs> me. One o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, well, I've got another one as well. I said, we've got another one coming. Let's have a look at that. Let's have a look at Where's it gone? Yes, yes. Uh, this is from. Uh... Oh, right. Oh, you and Macintosh uh, has got in touch uh, from the office. He says, police insist they are abreast of events. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, look, well done to everybody uh, that uh, came up with stuff at short notice. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back next week. Joe Marler from the World of Rugby joins us. Kevin Day makes a welcome return. Hugh Cornwell will join us as well from The Stranglers. So until then, have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.